Welcome to Gutsy Combos, the place to be to help you go after your best life and thrive despite your biggest struggles. My name is Natalie Beijing, and each week I will be sharing with you my tips and tricks related to health, wellness, and lifestyle. I am a Canadian entrepreneur, blogger, architectural designer, and Crohn's warrior ready to share with you all that I've got. So join me today as we get into a truly gutsy conversation. Hey, hey, my friends. In last week's update post, I spoke briefly about the severe anxiety that I developed at the end of 2019 and beginning of 2020. This anxiety started at the end of my semester before Christmas and carried its way through into the new year. I have always faced high stress and anxiety throughout my life, but this was on a whole other level. I was constantly overthinking, looping the same things over in my mind. I was having panic attacks and was struggling with the thoughts of messing up. My anxiety was mainly surrounding the future, and it felt like this overwhelming pressure that I needed to make a decision that I would need to live with for the rest of my life. I think this stemmed for this need for control that I developed when I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Having a chronic illness can leave you with a lot of variables and can make you feel out of control. And I think this is why I was I have always been a very super organized person and I really felt like I needed to control all avenues of my life because I always felt like my Crohn's disease had a lot of variables. Well, I guess the pressure finally boiled over and I was edging closer to graduation and I had this extreme anxiety that I needed to make decisions today that would hold true forever. This was making me second-guess myself, every decision I was making, my relationships, my future, and pretty much everything. Don't get me wrong, reflection is really good and it's important, but I would consider myself a very self-aware person, so this was very unhealthy for me. My doctor and therapist both agreed that I had OCD tendencies, not actual OCD, but the approaches we took in therapy and everyday life needed to be tailored to stop this obsessive thinking. So today I wanted to share some of the things I learned that helped me to move past this anxiety and some tools that I used along the way. The first one is therapy. I began working with a therapist in fall 2019. So thankfully she was super helpful for me as I made my way through this transition. She knew me as a person before I had this extreme spike in anxiety. So it was very helpful for her to remind me of who I am. I believe that therapy is very important to get through any mental health concerns you may be facing. I recommend it for everyone, whether you are struggling with something or you just need an outsider opinion. Therapy, unfortunately, can be very expensive, but I know that there are many options for financial financial assistance if you need it. I use BetterHelp and they offer you financial assistance of up to 40 to 60% off your therapy depending on your financial situation. I was able to qualify for reduced price because I was a student. For Canadians, I know that you can always receive free counseling sessions if you faced a traumatic life event, such as a breakup or a death, and you can get these types of services by speaking with your family doctor and they can help you from there. Finally, your local teen health center or health unit will be able to provide you with options for therapy. 
If you want to try BetterHelp, which I highly recommend you do because it's super convenient, I just log on to my computer and do a video call with my therapist, and it's super convenient and easy. Um, I have a free week coupon, and you can get that by looking at the blog post on Gutsy Feeling, which I will link in the show notes. The second tool that I used is medication. I have been on medication for anxiety and depression in the past when I was struggling really badly with Crohn's before I had my surgery in July of 2018. But this was a very difficult choice for me then, and it was difficult again this time around. I am a huge mental health advocate, and I know that there is nothing wrong with taking medication for anything, especially your mental health. But it is still a difficult decision, and it makes you feel a little different than others. However, I knew that this was all in my head and that it was the right choice because I could not handle this pressure and this anxiety anymore on my own, no matter what tools I was using. So that is why I decided to go on an anxiety medication, and I also used Ativan when I was having a panic attack. It took six weeks for the medication to work, but once it did, I slowly began to feel more in control. It was very hard to use the tools I was learning in therapy and to use all the self-care tools I was taught throughout the years because I didn't want to be alone with my thoughts. But once the medication kicked in, I was able to really retrain my thoughts and let go of things that were limiting and holding me back. My third tool is to use a balance of things like meditation and distractions. Yes, That is right. I said meditation and distractions. Those definitely contradict themselves, I know. But I think it's important to have a balance of both. In meditation, we are taught to be still and clear our minds. This was something that was very difficult for me at the time, but when I could, I tried to meditate for even five minutes to calm myself down. However, when I needed to get out of my thoughts, I would use some healthy distractions like my favorite show or content creators to zone out. It is not great to always distract yourself, but when you have something consuming your thoughts all day long, it's important to cut yourself a break and allow yourself some time to relax. So don't be afraid to use some distractions when you can and try to choose healthy ones over negative ones like potentially social media, which you have less control over what you're about to see. My fourth tool is to not feel pressure to do it all and to use all the tools. People are always ready to give you advice on what you should be doing to help your mental health. Meditation, journaling, mantras, therapy, coloring, yoga, the list goes on. Don't get me wrong, I am a huge fan of all these things. But we go through seasons of life where some things work and others don't. And that is okay and totally normal. I am a huge journaling advocate and I always have been. But when I was going through this period of anxiety, journaling was not helping. In fact, it was making me worse and reinforcing this compulsion and need to write it all down and reassure myself every day. This was not healthy, so I stopped and instead chose a different approach. My fifth tool is to use mantras and to learn how to stop your thoughts. Journaling was not working, so with the help of my therapist, I was able to try a few different approaches. These approaches all work to strengthen my self-confidence and my ability to trust the decisions I have made and the process. The first approach we did was writing out exactly what I felt, what I wanted, and what I believed to be true. Once I wrote this down, I was not allowed to write it out again. Whenever a negative thought would pop into my head, I would use the following approach. First, I would stop the thought. 
When a repeated unwanted thought occurred, I would say stop in my mind. Then I would replace the thought. I would replace it with a positive mantra like I am in control or I choose positivity and love. You can use anything that really resonates with you and that is specific to what your anxiety is at the moment. After a while, this approach was not working so well, so we decided to switch to an approach where I wouldn't acknowledge the thoughts at all. By acknowledging the thought, it shows your brain that it holds power over you. When in reality, 80 to 90% of your thoughts every day are repetitive and useless. Either one of these approaches may work for you, but it's all about trial and error, so be patient with yourself, take your time, and try to find something that works. The sixth tool is understanding the mind. A huge misconception within modern society is that because we as people produce thoughts and feelings, we must therefore identify with our thoughts and feelings. If no one has told you this before, I need you to know that you are not your mind. Your mind meaning your thoughts and your feelings. You are not your feelings and you are not your thoughts. Your mind is a tool that you can use to your benefit, not the other way around. In order to really push past anxiety and depression, it is important to disidentify with your mind. If you believe that you are your mind, then you also believe that you would cease to be without your thoughts and feelings. This is not true. You would not die if you could not think. It is important to remember that we have the power to use our minds as a tool. So when a thought or feeling pops up, get curious, don't judge the thought or feeling, and simply observe it within yourself. Once you do so, it loses the power over you. I usually experience anxiety in my stomach. So when I have this feeling within my stomach, I say, okay, I can feel this feeling. I see this feeling. I see the anxiety within myself and it no longer holds any power over me. And if you try this, nine times out of 10, the feeling will disappear because you're simply observing it, seeing that it's there and letting it go. If you want to learn more about thoughts, I would highly recommend the book You Can Be Happy No Matter What by Richard Carlson, and it will be linked in the blog post. This book is based on psychology and science, so I really resonated with it. In addition, I would check out The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. This book is a little more spiritual, but it still has some really good information based in psychology. Both of those books will be linked in the blog post if you want to check them out. I really suggest that you look at things based around thoughts and psychology to really learn new practices and better understand what's going on in your mind. The seventh tool is to stop Googling. This is something that was very common for me. I would think of something, I'd get worried, I'd want to know the answer, and I would fall down a Google rabbit hole. This was not helpful and not healthy for me. Something to remember is that when you Google a physical symptom, half the time when you, you will get the answer that you either have brain cancer, 25 ulcers, or something really bad. We typically shrug this off because we know that this is probably not right. So why should we then treat Googling mental health symptoms any differently? If you do need to Google, remember to only look at credible websites. Sites like Psychology Today or scholarly articles are your best options. If you do want to get advice from someone's blog, be sure that you take it with a grain of salt. It is someone's personal experiences. It is not right or wrong, but it may not be the right solutions for you. 
The eighth tool is to be patient and to celebrate little wins. I am a doer and I like to have things done now. So being patient with my anxiety and my recovery was very important and difficult. I needed to remember that if it took me weeks or months to create bad habits, it would take the same amount of time or longer to develop new ones. To stay encouraged, it is important to celebrate little wins. It can be anything that pushes you closer to the life you want. Something as small as having a good morning or as big as a week without any panic attacks could be those little wins. Remember that if you do fall down or move backwards, which I guarantee that you probably will at some point, get back up and try again. Rome wasn't built in a day. The ninth tool is to develop a routine for hard moments. For myself, my most heightened anxiety period of the day was in the morning. So I scheduled my routine to get up and get going in the morning. This helped me to feel accomplished, but also helped me to not get consumed by negative thoughts or emotions in the morning. Because I knew this was when I experienced the most anxiety and the most overthinking, I would just get up, do my routine quickly, and get to work. I would then schedule more calming activities in the evening when I didn't have so much heightened anxiety. I think it's very important to have a routine for these moments within the day. Most people develop a lot of anxiety or hard emotions and feelings in the morning or in the evening. So create a little routine for this, maybe even write it in your phone and have it ready when you need it. The final tool is to have self-care that works for you. It is important to remember what I said earlier. There are many things that people say you should do, but whether that is actually right for you or not is a whole different story. There are many forms of self-care and many different things you can do for it. So experiment and find what works for you right now. It may be different in a few weeks or months, but that is okay and totally normal. If you want to learn a little bit more about different forms of self-care, I wrote a whole blog post on how to prioritize self-care and actually stick to it. And within this, there was a free printable tracker, which can help you to track different forms of self-care and what you're doing for them to help you stay on track. You can find that linked in in the blog post for today's episode. And that is all for today's episode. I hope that this was helpful for anyone who is struggling with anxiety or any mental health concerns. It is important to remember that this is a process. My anxiety is not all gone, but I have learned ways to deal with it and thrive despite these negative thoughts and emotions. If you ever need to talk, my inbox is always open on Instagram and Facebook. And so I hope that this episode was helpful for you. I hope that you learned something new and I hope that you can take something from this and bring it with you as you move forward to going after your best life. And that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Be sure to check out the blog at gutsyfeeling.com and join me over on social media at gutsyfeeling on Instagram and Facebook. I'll see you back here next week for another Gutsy Combo.